Welcome everyone to the Humans of RBTL podcast, where we feature folks in the Relating Between the Lines community and really get a closer look at the ways they connect and communicate in their relationships. I'm your host, Stephanie, co-founder of RBTL, and my hope is that the stories shared here really inspire you to think about the way that you show up in your relationships and explore new ways of connecting with the people that you love. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. Today, I am joined by Vicky, who I'm really excited for you all to meet. So, Vicky, I think we can start actually with, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and the roles that you play in your life? Thank you, Steph. Hello, everyone. I am, well, first, honored to be here. I'm very excited to just speak to Steph and share my experience with RBTL. My name is Vicky, Vicky Lee. I would say the roles I play in my life, well, one, first and foremost, the one that I am on a personal journey with is a human being. I feel like I'm always like a human doer and not a human being. So that's one role that I am trying to center myself with lately. I would say other roles I play in my life. I am a friend. I am a daughter and sister, older sister in a first-generation low-income single parent household. So I feel like that's really near and dear to my heart and it trickles into different aspects of my life. I am a partner, a lover, and I am also an experienced designer. Those are the roles I currently feel like I am exploring. And there's probably more roles out there that I am very excited to dabble into, but that's how I would describe myself right now. Okay, thank you. Let's go. I know you can see my face right now as we're recording, but I just got so excited when you were sharing the first one that you shared with me. I feel like that's new. I feel like when we think about roles, most people think about, you know, their relationship with other people. I really love what you brought into this is your relationship with yourself, which I think is really beautiful. And of course, I love the experience designer. Same here. I think as a creator, as a designer, I just like love that there's like overlap in what we experience and what we have or what brings us joy. I feel like that has always been something that we've connected over, which I'm trying to remember actually how we met because I remember our interview, but I Mm -hmm. think before that, I think I knew of you from UCI. I think I graduated already, but you're a part of CAP. I think that's my other friends. Remind me if I'm wrong. No, that's how I vaguely remember it too. Because when we were talking in our interview, when we like, yeah, I I do remember tracing back stuff. I know you, but I don't know you. It's weird. (laughs) And I, the vague memory that I have in my head is we met at the pub at UCI and the pub is a bar on campus. And it was through Kyle Delacena, who was the director of Camp Med. And I think we just met like, oh, here's my friend Steph, here's Vicky. And we like talked briefly. And so I know of you. That's how I vaguely remember our first encounter. Is that how you remember it? Or am I making that up completely in my head? No, I don't remember. I feel so bad. But like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I did meet you like somewhere in person, but I was debating whether it was a party at UCI or it was, or it was the bar. So I think either, either one which makes a lot of sense. But I think I was visiting back as an alumni, but it would make sense that Kyle introduced me. But yeah, I I like love, I I think I've always felt a connection with you. I just don't remember that first encounter. 
you know um, it's big but it's like yeah it's but, but it's there people <laughs> encountered that gave us a little teaser into what our relationship is now so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and so I just remember um when you applied it was literally the last day of the second quarter it was the beginning like it was so random like your application came I was like who who decided to apply at the last minute like I, think oh, I, I definitely did that <laughs> Uh, but I just remember like really loving our first call because I think something that always stood out about you like from the very beginning to me at least was just how passionate you are about bringing in like being in community like creating a sense of belonging and how much relationships mean to you I just remember that being very significant in the call and how for you there's always been this connection with supporting other folks and I always thought of you as a very introspective person and which is I think connected to why I love that you said the role of human being at the beginning Mm, dang I so am drawn back to that and thank you for seeing me that way and I think that that was what really drew me to the program which was after our interview and let's not even our interview it felt like a conversation and I felt like it was connecting on such a level core to our values that I felt like wow this person gets me and wow there's so many humans out there who also care about relationships and the work to put effort to build more and foster these relationships that I was like ah this is a space I want to be in and just like resonating with all the things that you're doing and working with. And yeah, that was such a moment. I I think really just connecting with you on that level when we talked about that. I can't believe it's been, I think at this point, two years since, since then. And I, I would love to hear from you. How were your relationships like? Like, what was your communication like before that time? Obviously, something like drew you to, to continue to work on it with RBTL, but what was it like back then? I think what you said earlier about how I often provide support to others, mm-hmm. I think that heavily draws from my experience being the older sibling and daughter and always feeling the need to support my mom and my brother in that way. So it's been instilled in me since I was young. And so because of that, I feel like I've been really intentional with caring for others because I want to create space for people to feel heard. And I feel like oftentimes the people around me didn't feel heard. And so I, in my communication style, in my relationship, I often find myself in a caretaker role and space. And I often don't express myself enough, or I feel like I listen to others so intently that I often lose myself in the conversation in the hopes of like to me that was like my perception like, oh my gosh I'm creating this community and I'm providing care and I'm providing warmth and love to this person and at the same time I felt like I wanted to share more of myself and I felt at one either guilty of doing that whenever I share parts of my life that feels like what I'm going through is hard I feel like it could be a burden and so I often kept to myself and I just want to provide that space for others so I think in terms of my communication and relationship before RBTL I was very other focused I was a very big believer in creating harmony creating belonging and I often lost myself in that equation so that's why I joined RBTL and when I remember meeting Kevin he posted about it we met through like an experience design workshop program and he mentioned that he was working on the space and he posted about it and I was like oh my gosh I looked more into it I was like this is exactly what I wanted to work on which is my expressing part of myself and I actually got feedback from my friend who mentioned like Vicky 
I noticed that you don't share a lot about yourself and I want to get to know you more. And I'm like, whoa, that was such a moment for me to reassess like, oh, I am actually not comfortable taking up space. So how can I feel more comfortable doing so? Because relationship is important to me and it's not one way. I feel like I've been very much creating spaces where it's one way and how can I share more of myself and be me that was a long one to answer, but that was a lot too. <laughs> no, I loved it, Vicky. I loved it. I, I'm just kind of sitting with how much I personally resonate with that. And I just imagine a lot of listeners would too. Like, I feel like, actually, I, I don't know. I feel like this is the first time I'm seeing it from this sort of angle. Like, I think we've always talked about you moving towards being less other focused and towards more creating space for yourself. But I think this is the first time I've heard a little bit more about where it kind of comes from. And I just appreciate you sharing that taking on that older daughter role made you feel a little bit more obligated and almost feel like you need to like take care of the people around you and that's how it's shown up more in your adulthood which makes it harder for you to take out space which I think is something that people can relate to I I think the the phrase that you said you know feeling like a burden is I think something that is definitely not uncommon and Mm -hmm. so I appreciate you sharing all of that because I think there's so much to every person's story and I think this is like the beautiful thing about I think everyone in the community but especially for you is like the beauty of seeing you move from being so other focused and you know giving yourself more and more permission to show up as who you really are and if you don't mind sharing I would love to hear how you move through that guilt because I feel like that's a very common experience And I know you mentioned that that's something that comes up and I imagine that you have to overcome. And so would love to hear a little bit more about what's that process been like for you? Damn, what a question. (laughs) Let me think (laughs) of one. I'm glad I'm doing my job. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Take your time. I know it's like a big one too. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's still an evolving journey. I definitely felt a lot more at ease and recognizing the discomfort, but also like having more practice sharing really helped me. And I think a big part of the guilt was now looking back at it, I feel like part of that guilt came from when others are sharing. I didn't want to feel like I'm adding on to the heaviness of a topic, if that makes sense with my my share and I feel like because I naturally defaulted to the space of how can I hold other people I dang this is a hard question let me think about this one a little bit (laughs) so what helped me move past the guilt of taking up space in conversations I think a big part of it is really just practicing and like throwing myself out there to share more and underneath the practice and the need, it's understanding for myself that I won't be able to build deeper connections with people if I don't disclose and share my story with others. And I felt like I held myself back in that space of if it's just me listening all the time and here, like holding people's stories. I think that goes back to like that human being part of it, right? Like being a human being for me is being in community with others and to be in community with others it's holding each other in spaces and I recognize later on or even now and it's an evolving journey it's challenging when I'm not able to dig deeper with others or like even share parts of myself that I held so closely in fear of judgment in fear of burdening others which that was just my perception that I was burdening others I didn't know like that's my assumption I didn't ask if it was burdening I didn't 
it was just like a story that I made in my head because of my experiences in like seeing my mom and my dad and seeing their relationship in that way. So yeah, it's a story I made in my head. And I think after hearing other people when responses to my shares, it was like, whoa, that was connecting. That was meaningful. That was like, I learned something new about you, Vicky. I'm like, dang, that just really changed my perception of that. So I think that was a huge part. Thanks for sharing that, Vicky. I think I heard from what you're sharing, like there's sort of this balance that you're moving towards, right? Like Vicky of two years ago when she started was somebody who defaulted to listening all the time. And so there was almost this like, if I think of like 100%, there was like a 10% Vicky showing up in the conversation, like 90% of other people. And I see this ownership of almost like responsibility for what you're looking for, right? Like I, I want to be known and seen also by other people and learning the skills to be able to do that and moving that balance. Actually, maybe it's not like a 100% bar. I'm so terrible at <laughs> metaphors. <laughs> I feel right now, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, where it's like, it was very light on the Vicky and now it's like more balanced with the Vicky. And I, I love what you shared because I feel like a lot of people think that it's kind of like an either you know it or you don't. And I think what I heard from this conversation is that practice really helped you, like learning the skills really helped you that this is this sense of connection and almost bringing visibility to yourself is actually something that's accessible through like skill sets. And I think that's a really beautiful thing because the last part of what you're sharing was talking about how being in a community that's able to give you that feedback that you feel safe enough to sort of ask about what the impact of your presence is like really helps you sort of create a better sense of yourself. And I think not even a better sense, but a more realistic sense, right? Um, And when Mm -hmm. we think about it, I love your ownership of sharing like, yeah, it's actually just a story that I made up (laughs) and like really taking ownership over that because I think what I see with that is what you're doing is really closing the gap between how you experience yourself and how others experience you which can be almost like at odds like with each other right based on the uh, stories that we have about ourselves and other people and so I love that you're matching what other people or you're asking what other people how other people experience you and being able to see sort of what I call the truth I guess of what other people are experiencing and like matching it with how you experience yourself. Yeah, that is like such an eloquent way of putting it. And I think even now when I I was taking up a beat and just stepping back away from the conversation for a bit, I was like, wow, even sharing that, like disclosing that part, I I noticed myself like, oh, wait, am I, I I shared too much or like I I, taking up space. I'm like, you know, it's always a work in progress, but just recognizing that has been huge. And also to have like people like you in the community to like share those impact with me has been tremendous in my self-recognition of that. So thank you, Steph. Ah, no, and I just wanted to share how when you were speaking, it was such a gift. So like in case I wasn't clear, it was such a gift because there was so much honesty and rawness. And even as you were pausing to take time to think about it, I got the sense that you were just trying to make sure that what you were sharing really was true to what you're experiencing. And I love that you're slowing down to do that instead of being like, okay, I got to go just like answer questions, <laughs> which can be kind of scary on a podcast, right? So I just love that you really took the time to honor your own experience, which is, I think, so significant for someone who can tend to not be in that practice oftentimes. So I love that. 
I would love to hear how have you or your relationships sort of shifted since RBTL? I know you mentioned like being more other focused and I uh, would love for you to share with the audience like how things have changed. Wow, so many things have changed. <laughs> what do I even say? <laughs> oh gosh, it's really like like truly it has helped shape a lot of my relationships I've been meaning to either build on or even start. I think that's it's yeah, I'm just like all over the place because there's so many beautiful progress that I've been witnessing in my relationship with people and with myself too. Some that comes to mind, uh, one relationship that I came into RBTL wanting to really focus on was my relationship with my brother. So my brother is like five and a half years younger than me. And growing up, we've always had moments where we weren't really connecting on a level. Like when, when we were younger, like the age of film was a lot bigger and like there wasn't a lot of things to connect on. We would have sibling bickers and all of that. But we would be very siloed. And as we're growing older, I'm noticing right before RBTL, we would be in our busy phases. And so when one of us wants to connect, the other would be a little bit dismissive. And so it would kind of go back and forth. And we always miss opportunities. Like there's pockets of that. But one thing that I really wanted to work on with him was how can I show up more supporting instead of solving in an older sister role? How can I share more with him so that he feels more comfortable sharing with me? And I would say because I was very intentionally focused on my relationship with my brother, I put in very intentional effort and action to make that relationship become more authentic, more just playful. I feel like I haven't really played with my brother. I was just sharing with Steph right before this podcast that we went to round one together and I didn't realize how good at claw machines that he was. And so just finding ways to connect with him in different aspects of our lives that we haven't been able to before. I think it really opened that space because I think the biggest barrier for me in the relationship was I would either ask him questions and he wouldn't respond and I felt like oh I haven't role modeled what it would look like what I want in the relationship and share with him my story and there was one moment where actually we went to a LA family trip together and I I realized I'm a very indirect person when I communicate sometimes and so this time I was like Alvin I really want to just connect with you more and I want to be a sister where we can like share things with each other and I want to be there for you so I want to connect in new ways so I think that was like literally a door opener for us and just like sharing my intention and my ask and the need behind it of wanting to connect with him deeper I think that opened the gates for new adventures together so that was an evolving relationship that I am very very proud of of how it shaped and changed over time I would say in the last like year or so Wait, I have goosebumps. I, I literally have goosebumps, Mickey. This is my first time. This is my first time hearing about how things have changed. Like fully hearing from you, I think, mm-hmm. like how things have changed with your brother. And I was just so struck by how the ownership that you had in thinking, like you know, as an older sister, like you know, I can want these things, but he he doesn't necessarily know that. And so, like, let me verbalize it um, so that he knows. And, and I love that you're moving towards. And I don't even know if it's directness as much as it is also just like clarity and and also like the vulnerability and the courage to be able to share directly like that. Like, I'm just sitting here like inspired to go tell my brother (laughs) after hearing what you're saying, because like, I just, it's so heartwarming, like the, Mm the change that you're sharing, like going from bickering to now. Double, double date. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you 
I, I love that. And I, and I love that what it really started with was just you, I mean, obviously you have to do the work and acknowledging and recognizing like where you want that relationship to be, then to be able to translate that, verbalize that, and then hope that there's, you know, hope that he doesn't reject you or have a, you know, averse reaction to that. And so I really appreciate hearing what's opened up for you. I think since then, so beautiful. I literally can't get over it. Yes, if you if you're listening and you have a sibling in mind or a friend in mind, go reach out to them. It doesn't hurt to just share like if you want to connect deeper in different ways. And if they say no, then they say no. But there's such an opportunity for them to say yes. And that's very exciting. So yeah yeah I hear it's like don't assume and actually ask and get it goes back to like what you were saying earlier about how we're so run by the stories that we have about ourselves and other people and I love that you're breaking through those stories so like simply by asking Mm -hmm. and as simple as it is I still also want to recognize that it takes so much courage to be able to do that thank you Seth can I share one more? I, I would love yeah, to share Yeah, please do. Because I think this has been, again, like, um, I mean, there's so many <laughs> instances, but I think this is one that I hold very dear to my heart. And it's my relationship with my partner. And it's, I feel like we're both very people people, but we're also like in the same boat where we tend to listen, but we don't express ourselves. And this goes back to me, again, not feeling comfortable taking up space or feeling uncomfortable sharing more of the, I would say, quote unquote, negative emotions, because I don't, I don't express those emotions well. And what I mean by that is like, for example, when I get angry, I cry or I keep it to myself and it bubbles up until something just triggers my emotions and it just all comes out so some instances of that before rbtl i notice whenever i get mildly upset about something or something kicks me off i like i'm like oh i take a moment i'm like vicky are you really feeling this way or like what's causing this how can i communicate this with the other person how will it land for them so i'm like very in my head whenever there's like any negative emotions i'm like trying to work through it and like trying to make sense of it and oftentimes that becomes like it became a pattern for me and i often defaulted to that whenever there are these pinches is what norman taught me like these little pinches that happens like i'm just adding to my bag i'm like collecting all of these emotions that are like boiling up and at some point it just boils over like the bag just erupts whenever like it's so full I don't have the container to hold it in that it becomes a crunch and what Norman was sharing was like crunches just happens when all of these pinches just blow up and so what happens in my relationship with my partner is that whenever there are like small things that happen like when I wanted him to be more present in certain conversations or when there are times where we travel and there's like this like miscommunication things like that I just keep it to myself. I overthink it. And I'm like, okay, I just won't share because there's no point in sharing it. And then all of a sudden, like there's one moment where something happens and I'm just like crying and like just dumping all of this and this and this to him. I'm just like, wow, that is so not healthy for myself, but also to our relationship and to him because he doesn't know, he can't read my mind. And I often like, oh my gosh, like why can't this person just see it my way? But it's like, I haven't communicated that with that other person. So a big change that I have noticed is like one recognition like oh wow I do all of these pinches and I am very heady with these things and learning some skills to address the pinches when it's live so I think a big part of that is understanding like temperature checking like really understanding like what I'm experiencing and validating that and like not dismissing those emotions and on top of that it's understanding what's my need behind those emotions 
So I think when I am practicing understanding my emotions, understanding my need, then I'm able to articulate those things because I think that was my barrier, which was like trying to figure that out all by myself. But it's like, how can I share that so that it can be like a co-created experience? So since then, I would say because I'm more comfortable with those, like my emotions and my need behind my emotions and also boundaries. Oh, that's a whole other conversation. But <laughs> practicing my boundaries, I think that has contributed to me being able to not wait till those crunches for me to address my feelings, my quote unquote again, negative feelings of anger, disappointment, sadness, and just feeling more comfortable with those things. So I think that's been one big change with myself and also my relationship with not only my partner, but with others too. So that is huge. <laughs> that's so huge. I'm, I'm new to this too. I'm hearing <laughs> this for the first time because it's been a second since you, but I love that so much, Vicky. I, I am just so blown away by, first of all, just you literally picking apart, like taking apart every single thing that's occurring in the conversation. Like, I feel like I was right there with you as you're explaining these things. And I just love your attention to detail with that. And I really hear from you, there's this movement away from initially, at least brushing through these. Um, and I love also that you quote it, unquote it like negative, because we want, we don't want to stigmatize the emotions. But I love how you are just creating more space to be with those more challenging emotions, right? Like I think for a lot of us, like growing up, like we have a very complicated relationship with experiences or emotions like anger and frustration, but it can show up in different ways for you. It shows up as like crying and that's the way that you release like the anger. And I love that you've moved away from rushing through that to more validating that experience. I hear more just like humanizing what what your experience is and not demonizing yourself or recognizing it as, as like, hey, this is just part of being a human being. And ironically, what you're saying at the beginning about moving away from human doing, I feel like the rush to solve something can be part of the nature of a human doing. And so I love that you're just making space for this. And I love what you mentioned earlier about sharing things and tackling things sooner because we default to just like, you know, like, let's just brush it under the rug. Like it's not worth, you know, the time putting or bringing it up. And I love that you've now like more defaulted to like, Hey, it doesn't have to be a huge thing. Like it's just important to acknowledge that and I think my favorite part of what you shared was that it's a co-created experience between you and your partner because it's such a this is such an experience design thing to say <laughs> right <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I love that. But I, I just love that. It really acknowledges that it's not just like, I'm right, you're wrong as my partner, but it really mm -hmm. is acknowledging like there's space for me to feel, for you to feel like, like what you're feeling, but there's also space for your partner too. And like his voice matters, your voice matters. And I love that you are creating that space with him and creating that like mutual like respect and encouragement for like both people to be participating in this creation together. So I just like really, really love that part of it, especially. <laughs> <sighs> I'm just taking a moment just to like celebrate those relationships, but also just like my gratitude towards the space in RBTL to have like really practiced the skills, but also like work through it. And like, it's a lot of self-reflection 
So I am, again, so grateful for you, Steph, just for creating that space and really evolving my relationships that I've been wanting to evolve, just trying to have like baby steps in working through those. But this really helped give like, I want to say a platform, like a several options of paths that I can take. And it's like, wow, this is so freaking cool. So thank you, Steph, for just like, just right now witnessing me through that whole experience. Yeah, yeah. I gosh, It's a team effort, Fatigue. Like, it's like... (laughs) to do that like your partner being open to it like facilitators the other people in the community like Norman with the creation of all the stuff I think that one phrase it takes a village is so true (laughs) Um, I feel like you can't learn interpersonal dynamics in a vacuum you know it requires being able to to do that together with other people and so yeah it's meaningful to hear for me that this has played a significant role and I also love that it wasn't black and white like it's not like oh my god RBTO saved my life but it's so much more that like RBTO just really restored the sense of agency like Mm. you always you always have this but like us just reminding you that that's there and just giving you some options that you can from and, and how powerful it is to have access to it. so thank you for that I'm also like in a moment of receiving as well it's, it's I think it's really funny because in the podcast I will interview folks and they share their gratitude and I'm, I'm sitting here like oh, this is my opportunity to receive <laughs> affirmations yes. this is so challenging for me <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being receptive to it right now. And it's like my learning from a lot of this is it's not a destination. It's part of that journey, right? Of working through all of the things that we want to work on. Um, and there's no destination to get to. So we're all this human being in together. <laughs> and what a lifelong journey that is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You know, speaking of it being a lifelong journey, if, you know, you were to impart like a hope or a piece of advice to someone who's, you know, on the journey to improving their communication skills or interpersonal dynamics, what's one piece of advice or hope that you would impart to them? One. That is a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's a challenge every time. (laughs) Can you get three? (laughs) This is from my personal takeaway, like in my own journey. I think a lot of times I often reflect on my own and it's a lot of intra-personal learning. And I'm like a huge, big self-development person and I read all the books. And I think there's a lot of good frameworks and resources for those things. I think for me, what has been helpful in communication, because if relating with others is important and wanting to improve on our relationships is very important, I think it's another level and another step to take to work on it and practice it and use these frameworks with other people in a safe space. So I would say my advice is to find your safe space to really work on these, whatever you want to work on with your relationships and your communication skills and find a friend, find a group of friends or find communities out there who is open to receiving and just trial and error and like doing all the things and seeing what sticks, what doesn't stick so that you can see what works for yourself. I think everyone has their own goals and their own, yeah, everyone has like their own journey. So it's up to you on what you want that journey to look like with others. I think that's the biggest part. Thanks for that, Vicky. I think I hear from what you're saying is 
know or attempt to understand what some of your needs, like learning needs are, and then find spaces that really honor your journey and a little bit of that messiness, that process with you. And it also really sounds like safety is like the big and important part of learning because it can be scary to enter this world. And so thank you so much for that, Nikki. I love that. I feel like I'm getting different nuggets from every single person that has been on the podcast. And I think that's a new one that I haven't heard yet. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, I just wanted to let people know that they're not alone because I felt like I was alone in that journey. Yes, you're definitely not. You'll find all your peoples in RBTO. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't go to RBTO. There, I'm sure that there are a lot of opportunities out there too. And I think like to what Vicky said, it's really must, what's most important is just knowing what you're looking for and just finding that right fit. So with that being said, Vicky, I just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Steph. Well, one, really, for creating another opportunity for me to disclose more and share my story. I think that's, again, what I'm working on. And it's just being in this moment is like, wow, Vicky, you've come a long way. Pat myself on the back. That is a good, really awesome journey. But again, thank you all for creating this space. So thank you for having me on this podcast. I'm excited to listen to it afterwards. <laughs> You're welcome, Nikki. All right. Thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. If you would like more resources on how to make the most out of your relationships or to apply to the next cohort of RBTL, find us at relatingbetweenthelines.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please read us on whichever platform you're listening on. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you at the next one. Love you. Bye.